Uh, I want to talk to you for just a second, everyone under the age of 25, and everyone over the age of 25. <laughs> but I want to focus primarily for a second or two on you younger ones. Are you listening? Everybody listen. <clears throat> now I'm talking to both groups, but I'm primarily talking to you younger ones. When I was your age, I did not have access to what you have access to. Neither at home or our school or anywhere else. The preachers in the pulpit did not have to address things that we have to address nowadays. These songs that we sing, the people that wrote them and printed them, there was no Google, Amazon, or Twitter, or any of those other myriad, whatever that word is, <laughs> mixture of things. There was none of these things then. But now, you, if you can read and you can move your thumb, or if you can't read, you can move your thumb. Or what, you know what I'm saying? You're young enough and you're older ones too. But I can guarantee you, you can ask every hacker in the world, every programmer in the world, every one of them, if they would honestly answer you, their focus is not on us. No. Oh yeah, to get money, yeah. No, but not to change the whole culture, yeah. yes. the whole thinking pattern, and the whole attention span, and the whole attention span on eternity and God. Right. They're focusing on you, right. younger ones. And that and many, many, many other reasons that your mom and dad should address is why you should be very, very careful with these devices yes. that we have access to. Yeah, Computers. Yes. We call them phones, but they're really computers. That's what they are. Very, very advanced. Yes. And so the ones, they didn't morph and come in here on satellite or, or something. A man, men created, I should say made, God created all things, but men made these things and all these programs, and they did them for a purpose. Right. They did them to change you. Right. And what your mom and dad says and what your preacher says and what you read in the Word of God, they yes. want to change all of that. That's right. And they do it incrementally. They do it so attractive. Right. Little by little. So glamorous. Everybody else does. And you know what I'm saying? Yes. We've got to guard these kind of things. Parents and, and people that don't even have children. It's our job. Because we can see things from a different angle. Yeah. And God has placed that responsibility on all of each of us to warn. And, and they're powerful tools. It's just like fire. Yeah. It's good. It's wonderful. That's what carries you to church and brings you back home. That's right. That fire, that explosion inside that engine. Yeah. But if you let that fire get out of the yeah. fireplace, right. it'll destroy you That's and right. your home and everything That's else. Right. So we got to be very careful. 
or I could keep going a long time. Go ahead. But I'm just saying, we've got to be very careful. You know, I know that there are many people in the churches, church houses, church places in America, they use these tools, and, and that's what it is. But I'm just saying, we've got to be very careful ourselves. We'll get tangled. We'll get entangled. I had to watch my own self of all people in the world. I like to look at the news. I like to see kind of, kind of, not much, but just kind of what's going on and what, what they throw out there. But I find myself doing it every day. I, I'm not addicted to it. No. No. But I'm thinking, I need to go on a fast from looking at the news. So I can hear from that other world. Right. Because if all we ever hear and see is from this world, yep. we're going to be tied and weighted down. It'd be like that man my dad had a dream about. He was going up. He looked back down. Mr. Johnson's still standing on the ground looking at him. I don't want to be there. I want to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. To go any moment. Amen. Because the Lord is coming. He's coming. Either by the shout and the sound of the trumpet or by it's your time. And that heart quits. Right. And your old body falls to the ground or wherever it goes. You'll leave out of here and go into that place we call eternity. Right. And you'll face to face with the judgment. Let's sing page 306.
that song just say I'm going to take a vacation or never come back. <laughs> 279. Yes, I do.
Is your choice fixed? Are you standing at the bargain counter trying to get it for the cheapest price or sell the truth? The Bible says buy the truth and sell it not. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice. Chapter 6, I believe it is. 
more than one time, the phrase is terrible as an army with banners. Yeah. And when I, if you just read them through there, they're talking about an army or whatever, whatever. You might not understand what that means. <clears throat> that word terrible means fearful. Right. And the place where I'm studying there in that chapter, twice it talks, it makes that same phrase. Terrible as an army with banners. When you're in an army and you're fighting, it's necessary to have weapons. Yes. But a banner, when that army has banners raised, that tells of victory. Past victories. And the writer that I'm studying under Watchman Nee says that when the devil and his forces and the world and the people around us see us, do they see us fearful, fearfully, as an army marching with banners? Are we a challenge? Yes. And do we cast fear in the heart of Satan when he sees us? Hallelujah. How's our relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Or do we know the Lord enough and his power enough in our lives? He's flowing through us enough that we make the devil scared and anybody, anybody that's playing around or sinner men, wicked people, do they know? Oh, I'm going to straighten up. Yeah. <laughs> Not, not, not the old cliche of the, of the barbed wire country boy, I call it. Oh, here comes a preacher. No, I ain't talking about that. Like Smith Wigglesworth sat out in the train. The man over there, wow. He ain't never said a word. The man said, whoa. And he gets up. You convict me of my sin. Just his atmosphere. He was fearful as an army with banners to that Yes, man. that's right. How are we? Yes. Nobody else is around. Right. The old question, I'm sorry, I know it's jokingly said most of the time, where was Moses when the lights went out? Where was he? Same place everybody else is, in the dark. No. Is that the kind of atmosphere that you have around your life. People don't really know which side you own. If they don't know what side you own, you're a target for the devil. That's and right. just about most of the time you'll be on his side. I don't want to scatter your mind, but I'm just saying, how does the forces that we cannot see, how do they see us when we ride down the road? Come on. When we march into the church. Come on. When we're at home. And especially when nobody else is looking. Right. And we got one of these. Come on. Come on. Are we still fearful as an army with banners? <clears throat> we better make sure our relationship with the Lord is so close. That he does us one of the songs we just sang. We are kept by him. That's right. Amen. Right. Brother Ben Sullivan said, yeah. 
the keepers will be kept. That's the crowd I'm in. I hope I stay in it. By the Lord's help, I'm doing everything I can. There's some things that other people can do, some things that I could do myself. But I won't do them. Because I might be getting too close to that line. Some might have an accident and recuperate. But on this journey of life, if you get too far, you crash, there is no coming back. So you better guard your heart. You better guard your life. So I ain't doing that. The Holy Ghost knows what you do. Oh, yes. That's I right. I do not. That's right. I don't plunder. But when he says say it, I must say it. That's right. That's right. Jesus. Anyone have a special prayer? Lost family and relatives at my name. All right. Also, um, Sister Hayslip heard around that tornado had hit Brother um, Bruce Johnson's church. So we need to remember them in prayer. Well, we'll see why. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
this is better. Uh, no, I remember tomorrow we have our first home study with the cats. We did Lopez and Elio, and mm -hmm. so far our Yes. All right, Steve. I've been having trouble with my knees and my left knee, especially. I would have to keep it going. All right.
your hero? Is he your Savior? Hallelujah. I cannot tell you how many times he has delivered me. Delivered me out of troubles of the world. He's delivered me out of spiritual troubles. Come on, folks. We're not just fighting a physical battle. We're fighting a spiritual battle. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Well, we're fighting against principalities and powers. Wickedness in high places. Demonic powers. And uh, they are very real. Very real. But I appreciate the Lord in the name of Jesus. Woo! Amen. Uh, I used to pastor over there in Pinor. I used to sing... Uh, what was that song about Jesus? He used to sing from his grandson, Zon. Sean. What was the song he sang about Jesus? Use his name. Yeah, use his name. I love that song. Amen. That's part of our sword. Part of our sword. Amen. Do appreciate the Lord and each one of you here. Good having Marlin with us again. We're so glad that he made it back with us. Amen. And so I uh, do appreciate uh, him so much coming and being with us. All right. Let's see here. Uh, well, that's good timing, Ricky. Let's see you come and receive the offering for us here tonight. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. Do appreciate your faithfulness. Uh, I also want to say uh, that I noticed that a couple of folks is uh, part of their uh, stimulus check. They uh, put it in the offering plate part of it and said building. I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord. Amen. So uh, we, we will be applying that plus with our regular payments. To reduce that, and so uh, we do appreciate the Lord. All right, Brother Steve. Jesus of heaven, we thank and praise you for your love and your mercy, sir. Thank you, Lord, oh God, for the privilege and opportunity we have to still worship and be able to come here with your people, Lord. There's strength, Lord, oh God, in unity together, Lord. Bless God, Lord, and we praise you for this offer, Lord. But if you like the loaves of fishes, Lord, yes. let it be multiplied, Lord. Yes. Oh, God, for your glory, Lord, and we thank you for it. Amen. Teresa be getting us a song. Um, and I, I do appreciate Brother Robert. I, I'm about tempted to turn it over to him after we get finished with some of this stuff and see if he's got more. But uh, it's been really good. Really, really good. We need... We need instruction in this day. You know? You want... Uh, took me a long time to get Davey where I wanted him. Huh? Took me a long time. A little training here, a little training there. And I'm going to tell you something. Parents, you don't have but just a few years to instill in your children those teachings and those uh, disciplines that they need to have uh, to serve the Lord. But there's really more than just the teaching and disciplines. There is that love. That love for Christ. That desire. That hunger. 
that when all else fails, Jesus is there. Oh, and, and help your children to learn He's not the last one to ask. He should be the first one to ask. All right. Thank the Lord. All right. Can you see that? All right. All right, let's get in and see what God's got for us. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Good to be here. Good to be saved. Thanks, God. Uh, I was I had it on my mind ever since over the weekend on the streets I preached about um, well it was something the Lord gave to me in my closet and uh, if I can remember where it was somebody help me out the dangers <laughs> the dangers of claiming salvation and I was thinking uh, I was thinking like okay and I had to break it down to myself because um, the, the Lord was when I was in my closet praying it was like He was giving me little bits and pieces I write it down. But the dangers of claiming salvation, and I was trying to get over to them that, you know, what salvation is, is to be saved, right? To be delivered, to be saved from sin, death, and hell, to be delivered from that. And um, so they're like, you know, thinking in your head, why is it so dangerous just to claim salvation? Because it was that word claim that I believe the Lord had me focused on. When you claim something, uh-huh. it's saying you're you're saying I possess that, but it's mine. You've right. got zero proof of it. You don't have any evidence of proof, right, of your salvation. Right. I'm so thankful that that I that I've been given, right, a changed life. Yes. And I don't just have to say, okay, I'm saved, right? And I think here today that, that I, I don't know uh, I don't know what people are or what they do, but I know that some people, right, are living a life and they haven't been changed. Right. Their life hasn't been changed and have no evidence that they're saved. We claim salvation, but yet there's no evidence that you are, right? right. You know, I know, I, I thank God, I look at myself and I, and I say, okay, I was a drug addict and I had this and I had that and I had that. And I prayed and then it all went away. That's how I proved my salvation. Yeah. If somebody asked me, how do you know you're saved? I said, because I've been covered under the blood of Jesus. And he's changed me and made me a different person. That's how I prove my salvation. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful that we can have, right, the notes of salvation. And we can have evidence that we are saved. And it's not something we just have to claim. And I, I thank God for that. And uh, I, I was uh, in the church this morning. I was uh, I was blessed, you know, to get to feel the presence of the Lord. To get to feel the Holy Ghost. And uh, I, got, I got a blessing. And I was just, I, I was loving it. And I was kind of disappointed. We kind of sat down. I was like, man, I think we missed something. But, um, but if we're here today and, and you really need something from God, you're not going to get it by just sitting there. You won't get it. You're not going to get anything by sitting in your pew. But we will get up and we'll worship God. Right? We can, we can have what we need. He says if you'll ask, He's going to give it to you. Right? If it's in the right motives, anything whatsoever you ask for, He's going to give it to us here today. So if we'll get up and we'll worship God, right? Like David, He danced with all His might. If we'll worship God with all our might. So I'm saying, be careful because you're stronger than others. Don't tear the building down. But if you'll worship with everything you've got, right? If you'll ask, right? For the things that you need from God, He will give them unto you, right? If you're sincere in your heart, if you're needing something here today, if you're needing a changed life, if you're tired of living that same old life you've been living over and over and over, and there's been no change, you can get that fixed here today. Let's, let's worship God. Thank the Lord. Jesus. 
Oh, yeah. So I got really depressed, like super depressed, and I was sitting there thinking, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die, and I'm not gonna see my kids grow up. And I got so depressed, I couldn't get out of bed. And then the devil said, Obviously, you're not safe. You've got nothing if you're laying in bed. I mean, you've got nothing if you let this get you down. And I was driving in the car the other day. And the radio is on all the time. I don't ever listen to it because my mind is 500 million other places. And it caught my attention. And there was this song, and it said, A tree that is planted by the water isn't affected by the fire, so why should I? And I started thinking about that. And I'm like, wait, I have been changed. You know, yeah. I, I just sit here and try to even say, oh, you know, maybe I, you know, give in to the devil. Maybe I don't have it because I am sad. You know, we are allowed to be worried about things. Sure. But if we are planted by the water, if we really are close to him, we don't have to be affected by the fire. Yeah. And, you know, when you get in that point in your life, it's hard to lift your hands. And I am one of those people that Brother Jeff was talking about faking it. I can't. Everything that's on my face is what I am. I, If I'm smiling at you, it's real. I can't make a fake smile. I'm, what I think goes across my face. And so if you've been looking at me lately, you probably have not seen a very nice person. But when we were talking about the blood in Sunday school this morning, I was telling the kids, I'm supposed to be the teacher, and here I am mean, telling the kids about how the Egyptians had these chains on them, and they were bound by something. But then the blood freed them, and yes. just like, it clicked in my head, and I'm like, I have a chain. What am I doing? And I came in here, and I was like, Lord, I don't want this chain anymore. Where is the blood? Right. The blood is going to pot up and run away right. from this chain. And I just felt it. I felt it fall, and I yeah. felt this peace. And, you know, no matter what these tests say, it was ordained by God. He already knows what's yes, going And even if I do, you know, it's, it can get worrisome. I know that I can trust in him, and I don't have to live with the chain. And that I don't have to live with that, that I can't lift my hands because I am, like the song says, I'm free to worship. Because yes. all the chains that have me down, they don't have to hold me anymore. Because I can be free to worship, and I'm so thankful. You know, I have to be thankful for. I really, really do. He's been so good to me. He gave me a husband when I tried to tell him no like 800 times. And I still tried to run away on our wedding day. I actually thought about it. And yet the Lord still was awesome. And he still gave me that. Yeah. And then now I realize there's no way that I could have survived without Ricky. <laughs> I don't know how I have. And the Lord gave me that.
Hallelujah. Oh, we are free to worship Him. Thank the Lord. We still live in a country. Uh, I don't know. Maybe y'all got it on your little devices. But uh, today, on, on my device, there was a picture that popped up. Let's see if I can find it. There we go. What did it do? Messed up, so what did that happen? <laughs> you see that goofy look? Huh? What is it? Todd, you How's that? That's even better, okay. That's Todd and James. <laughs> Five years ago, on March 28th. All right. Wow. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Like the song says, long years ago when I was thin. Huh? But uh, anyway, I do appreciate the Lord. Aren't you glad for where God has brought you from? I'm glad I'm not the man I used to be. I'm so glad that He didn't leave me to be the same person. You know, I look back at, at, at myself even in school, I'd look at myself and I'd think, oh, awful. I don't like people like that. Hello? Huh? You ever look back on what you used to be? I don't like it. But I appreciate what God is doing for us. Amen. What He has done for me in my life. And I made a big change in me. And, uh, you know, you may feel like you're a nothing. And... So the Lord's going to lift you up. I thank the Lord. I thought I was a something, and He brought me down. You may not realize the burden that comes off of you when you think you don't have to solve all the problems. Hello. Thank the Lord. You can turn over to the Lord and say, Lord, would you take care of this? Huh? I remember through the years after the Lord got to helping me, Come down low. Teresa would say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'd look at her and I'd say, I don't know. <laughs> but you're supposed to know. No, I don't have to know. I'm just going to pray. And we're going to seek God. And time after time after time, the Lord would come by and bring deliverance. Amen. My... Um, my Bible has been set to a, one particular book of the Bible for many, many years. Yeah. And uh, you will probably recognize it whenever we, uh, we call it out. But uh, it has meant so much to me through the years because it is something that I've gone back to over and over and over again. You know, we are to move on we are to progress in our our experience with christ but we do not need to ever leave the shadow of the cross amen so if you would turn with me here tonight to psalm chapter 51 
Psalm chapter 51, a wonderful, wonderful book and a wonderful chapter. This chapter does not follow the Levitical way of uh, salvation. This chapter uh, written, I, I don't have it written down exactly when King David uh, ruled Israel, but about probably 1,200 years before Christ came with the new covenant, he was already recognized what the new covenant was going to be. And so here in these verses, these are the things that we need to draw closer to him about. We'll start verse 1. Everyone that can, stand with me. And if you can't, we understand. Psalm 51 and starting in verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to bear here joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord. Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praises. For thou desirest not sacrifice, that's what I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. With burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then shalt they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Dear Lord Jesus, here tonight, Lord, remind us. Remind us how we should approach You and how we should repent and how, Lord, only through Your 
your blood, and only through your gift of mercy and grace can we be restored. Help us here this day. Touch our hearts. Touch those hearts that have been offended. Touch those hearts that have been hardened. Touch those hearts that have been stout with pride. And help us here this evening, I pray, Lord, to reveal that broken heart one more time. That contrite heart. That heart that's easy to be touched by Your Holy Ghost. Come by and move for us, we pray. Anoint these feeble lips of clay, Lord, for I can do nothing, nothing without You. In Your blessed and holy and righteous name I do pray. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Here, uh, a powerful, uh, uh, a, a ground-changing psalm that was written. It says in the first part of that psalm that most time we don't read that in the Hebrews Bible and all that, this part of what we would call the first verse, but this little introduction where it says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone in to Bathsheba. This was one of the worst times of David's life. He had failed God. He had failed God. And he knew it. And he was trying to hide it. Thinking that through his position, because of who he is and what he was, he was allowed to do what he was doing. But no, no, no. God doesn't have those type rules for some and not for others. His rules are all the same for all of us. And so in these Scriptures here, uh, he, uh, how many of you remember when Nathan the prophet came in to uh, David? He came in and told the sad story about how a neighbor man who had many, uh, many sheep and uh, his neighbor only had one little ewe lamb and that one, the man who owned only one ewe lamb loved that ewe lamb like Brother Jeff loved Davy. Come on. Like you would love a child. It was dear to them. And instead of taking of his own flock, he took of his neighbor's flock and slew it. And David was outraged. Come didn't say this, but in my imagination, he come up out of that. He said, who is that man? Nathan pointed the finger and said, thou art the man. You're the one. You took Uriah's wife. You uh, uh, committed adultery with her. You are the man. You are the man. This was the response. You know, there's a lot of times we're caught with our hand in the cookie jar. There's a lot of times that, you know, uh, there are times I wish my wife wouldn't have called me out on a few things. Hello? You might say, how dare her do something like that? You're the man of the house. Wait a minute. She's my helpmate. It was through her that I drew close to God. 
The Lord used her throughout the years to encourage me and help me to grow in Christ. You may not believe it, but I've even helped her some. I don't know how much, but anyway, you know. Come on. We're one. And so, here in these Scriptures, King David, he was devastated. Devastated. This wasn't done in secret. Come here, David. Let me tell you this story. This was Nathan coming into the hall. Coming into the king's place with all of the advisors and all of the different ones there uh, from people from foreign lands who thought so highly of King David and even advisors that around who were not in on the little plot. David did what? He had who killed? How did he do that? Why did he do that? David? The man that is after God's own heart? The man who I patterned my life after? Come on. We have examples of people who have been caught red-handed. Samuel walked up on Saul when he was making a sacrifice when he was not supposed to. Saul, what are you doing? The people pushed me. He lied. Saul, another time. What is the bleeding of the sheep? Oh, the people kept all of the best. And we kept the best people. And I even saved Agag alive. You were told to kill them all. Come on. There are times, I don't know how to say this, but just say it. There's times you do wrong and you know you're doing wrong. And you know, I, I, I think some of y'all are like me. You can see it on my face. Hello? My face, your face, is a reflection yeah. of your soul. Huh? It reflects it. And even though you might be good and keep that smile on and all that, you know, sometimes they have what they call these flat, they, they've studied people. Huh? And sometimes it'll flash across their face their true intent. Sometimes it flashes across. Sometimes I can see the flash from way up here. Huh? So how do we make things right? How do we fix things? How do we uh, settle the score? How do we get uh, right back again with the family of God and with our, our loved ones? How do we do all that? There's a process to it. But I'm going to tell you the very first part of the process is to get right with God. Saul's way of always doing was to say, I didn't do it, the people made me do it. 
David's way was to say, it's me, Lord. I'm sorry. Forgive me. There's a difference. It wasn't that uh, David was so much better than Saul. It was because of his humble heart. Because he knew the Lord. He loved God. And he was willing to say, I'm sorry, Lord. I have messed up. I have sinned. I have done wrong. And I'll try to make it right. And so here in these, these verses, we hear his cry. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. I appreciate the Lord. I've never prayed and asked the Lord to forgive me. Never prayed and heard Him say, I'm not going to do it. Never heard Him. Now I will have to say there's a few times I didn't hear Him say anything. And that's because He knew my heart. You know? Until we get to the place where we allow God to make us like His Word. You can't be the same old person you were. You can't keep the old attitude that you had before. I don't care what your mama was like. And I don't care what your daddy was like. And I don't care about how all of the family used to do. And that, you know, the families have got a quick temper. And we just speak our minds and all that. The Lord changes us. And He makes us new creatures in Him. And if you're still doing all that old stuff and it's contrary to the Word of God, you're sinning. Don't just say, well, my daddy was this way or my mama was this way. Forget that. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of Thy tender mercies, Blot out my transgressions. Wash them. Cleanse them. Here, transgressions is not just uh, my shortcomings. This word transgression is not the word for just plain old sin where we miss the mark. It's not from where I still might feel a little giddy. This is from revolt and rebellion against God. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sins. Now we, in America, we don't, especially the younger generation, we don't really understand what it used to take to make your clothes white and clean. We don't understand that. So when the Bible here says cleanse me, we, we kind of think that's kind of like, you know, getting a hose and just washing something down. Huh? Or maybe a pressure washer and washing it down. Better be careful. It takes skin off. Huh? Or maybe just throwing the dirty clothes into the washing machine. You know, and you got a gentle cycle and a hard cycle. Huh? But you have to remember when this was written and it said, cleanse me. It literally meant Trample upon me. Take them clothes down to the rocks in in the river. 
trample them, get that uh, dirt loosened back up, get that uh, all that blood or whatever it might be loosened back up. Amen. And you couldn't just get rid of clothes back then like you can now. Now people can go buy stuff at Goodwill and never wash them. Just throw them away and go buy more. Not back then. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me oh, from my sins. I'm going to tell you, early on in serving the Lord, there were things I did not understand. And this world had me brainwashed or uh, uh, indoctrinated, if you want to call it that way, and thinking, well, everybody else does it. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I can do that. And so I'd have to pray, Lord, help me to hate this sin like you hate it. Because when we can em- uh, empathize and sympathize with God and how He feels, huh? You say, Brother Jeff, I don't understand what you're talking about. Every strike that was whipped on His back was for my sin. Every blow to His face was for my sin. Every belittlement and every spit on Him, every jab on Him was made because of my sins. He did no sins. And so, we need to be washed. I don't know about you, but I, when I've messed up, there's been times that it hurt. Hello, it hurt. Not only did it hurt my heart, sometimes I told you about the time me and Teresa had uh, words. Huh? We lived on the Parker Avenue right down the road here in a house and there was three steps to go out and she got to talking to me about something and we just had a disagreement. And I figured it was a lot cooler at 100 degrees outside than it was inside. And so I decided to go out. Huh? And so I left the room, slammed that door behind me, Headed down them steps. The only thing is, I don't remember anything after that door slammed. I know she didn't throw anything at me. But the next thing I know, I'm seeing stars, Brother Steve, and I'm on my back on that carport, and I'm thinking, what's going on? And the Lord said, basically, you done her wrong. That wasn't right. Hello? Wives? Wives? If your husband's become abusive, don't get him back. Just love him. Treat him good. Be sweet to them because Jesus will defend you. And he'll put a whooping on that guy worse than you ever could. Okay? And so... Here in these, he acknowledged his transgression. One of the first things that we need to do when we mess up is say, I have sinned. 
I have messed up. I and and part of that, when you apologize for something, don't say I'm sorry, but because when you say I'm sorry, but so and so pushed me to that, or you ain't apologize for nothing. You're putting all the blame on the other person, huh? He didn't say, oh, I acknowledge my sin, but you know that Bathsheba shouldn't have been out there like that. No. I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. I am sorry. Does that mean the other person doesn't have a part in it at times? They might. But when it comes down to repenting and getting right with God, it's only about you and the Lord. You can't repent for somebody else. You can't get right for somebody else. It's about you. And here he goes on. He said, and against thee, Lord, and thee only have I sinned. Well, what about Uriah? Uriah's dead now. And Uriah's family, he did sin against them. But you have to realize the major sin that you've committed is against the Lord. You've wronged Him. Huh? You ever think about sin like that? Oh, it's just sin. You know? It's just missing the mark. No! You've wronged God. And He's the one that loves you He's the one that saw that you cried after you were born. He's the one that uh, has been with you all during those nights. Huh? When you were rolling, tossing, turning, maybe sick. You ever been to a point and you wake up the next day and you think, man, that was a rough night. I don't even know how I come through that. You don't know how close you might have been. He said, I was a shapen in iniquity, and in sin my mother did conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Amen. Folks, we need wisdom. We need good sense. Yes. Come on. There have been some that I've known that are highly intellectual, but they might not know to come in out of the rain. Come on. We need wisdom. We need to know how to apply the Word of God. We need to apply the Word to God. Uh, My mother, I've mentioned it several times, she said, why did you go holiness? I said, it's your fault, Mom. And she wasn't holiness. She said, what are you talking about? You taught me that if it was in the Word of God, we were to apply it to our lives. In other words, we're to live it. We're to do it. We're not just to play with it. And I said, you're you're the reason why. She said, wow. Purge me with hyssop. And I shall be clean trample me that's what that word wash there means again trample me and i shall be whiter than snow huh 
Are you willing to let the Lord help clean you up? Huh? Huh? Now, loved ones, spouses, God didn't put you on this earth for you to trample on them and to remind them and to make it hard on them all the time about their failures. Okay? It's not your part. Leave it to God. God will do a good work. Remember, uh, remember the, the, the ten that had come before Joseph and Joseph and they knew they were in a fix? I told you not to sell that boy. It was ever before them. Don't get quiet on me. I guess that means I need to hurry up. Okay. Purge me with hyssop. That is not a feather duster. That is not one of those nice fluffy type of wash rags. It is a coarse type of a limb. Hyssop. Huh? Almost like our cedar limbs. Take that and scrub me with it. Come on. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me whiter than snow. Listen to this. Make me to hear joy and gladness. I'm going to tell you, when you're in guilt, not a whole lot of joy. And there's not a whole lot of gladness. Huh? Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones that thou hast broken may rejoice. Woo! Has God ever broken any of your spiritual bones? Has He ever hurt you? Amen. To get your attention. I could not tell you how many times through my lifespan now I found myself on my back, but I'm a praying. And I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for getting me in a place that you could talk to me. Thank you for bringing me to a place that I can hear your voice one more time. Amen. And so David... Uh, he knew what that meant, and you should know what it meant, but as a shepherd boy, as a shepherd, that little lost sheep that would always stray and stray and stray and stray. You want to know how to teach it not to stray anymore? Next time you find it away from the flock, pick it up and snap that leg. Brother Jeff, that's hard. It's better than dying by a wolf. It's better than being lost and going to hell. Come on. And uh, of course that shepherd, he'll put that splint back together uh, and then take that little lost lamb and bring it into his own tent. And feed it himself. What a great God we serve. When God brings judgment, and He will, if He loves you. And when He brings trouble, and He will, if He loves you. And if you love Him, don't rush the process. Let God make a change in your life. Let God change that attitude. Let the Lord work His will. He said in there, create in me a clean heart. Oh, I 
We had a situation many years ago, I won't name names, where a preacher had fallen, but when he fell was many years before, and he kept it under the rugs for so long, nobody knew about it. But when it came up, he was snooty about it. I done asked God to forgive me. What? What are you talking about? He'd get mean about it. That's not a clean heart. That's not a pure heart. I know another preacher, he didn't thank the Lord. That's embarrassing to have happen, what this one did. But the devil got him into a place and he was about to go out and try to hire him a prostitute. The only problem was it was an undercover cop. And so the headlines read the next day, Holiness Preacher caught propositioning an undercover cop. He's a great man. He's a great man. You see that? There's a difference between those two preachers. I remember seeing him and I didn't really know much about him. I heard something, but I didn't realize it was him. And I bumped into him at a camp meeting. He had lost a lot of weight. And he was real skinny. And I went up to him and said, Hey, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in a little while. And he said, Oh, Brother Jeff, he said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I brought a reproach against the church. I'm so sorry. Yes, he did. Huh? What a difference. Yes. A clean heart. A pure heart. Amen. When you get it right with the Lord, it doesn't matter who all knows about it. Amen. Everybody knew about David and his little fling with Bathsheba. Everybody knew about it. But he had a clean heart. He could stand. He could say, yes, I'm sorry. I did wrong. But God forgive me. I ask you to forgive me now. Hallelujah. What a difference. What a difference. He said, uh, create, renew a right spirit within me. Well, they're talking about me. I wonder what they're saying. When God creates that right spirit in you, you don't care what they're saying. You don't care what people think about you. Come on now. What are you anyway? You're just a child of God. You're not God. You're nobody special. I'm nobody special. Amen. Let me tell you, you can ask my wife, I don't think that the church will just close up if something happened to me. I'm just a child of God. I'm just one of the children. Come on. I thank the Lord that He can use me when He does. I thank the Lord that I can be in this place. It's an honor. It's a privilege. But I don't deserve it. And so... Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from these words right here are really the essence, amen, of those who really know the Lord and those that don't. Because you don't care what happens to you as long as you got the Lord with you. You don't really care what condition you're in as long as Jesus is still your friend. You really don't care uh, where they put you or how uh, um, how much, how poor you get or how whatever you might be. 
as long as you got Jesus. Right. You know the saying, you got Jesus, you got it all. Amen. And so he said, cast me not away. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And then he said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Are you still happy that you're saved? Are you still glad about the day that you made a decision to follow Jesus? Are you still glad about the Lord reaching down, amen, and plucking you out? I do not understand how the Lord reached down into Savannah and plucked out a beach bum and saved him. I, I, I still think about it. I think, how did that happen? But I'm glad he did. Amen. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Huh? Uh, do you have that free spirit or do you feel bound? Come on. That binding sometimes is not of God. I can tell you all the time it's not of God. God wants us to be free. To worship Him. To praise Him. To glorify Him. To magnify Him. To lift Him up. Amen. He said, Then I will teach transgressors thy ways. Sinners will be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. Deliver me from murder is what He's saying. O God, Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of Thy righteousness. O Lord, open Thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth Thy praise. Why? God is not really interested in a sacrifice. Corey and Sam started off singing that song. And... uh, I, I liked it. Uh, talked about, you know, the Lord doesn't really want sacrifice, but He wants you. Amen. A living sacrifice. Yeah. Alive. Yeah. One that can praise Him. Yeah. One that can worship Him. One that can point souls toward Him. Yeah. Yeah. He said... Um, Thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God. You want to know what gets God's attention? You want to know what gets God's attention? Huh? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Yeah. A broken and a contrite heart. Broken. You ever had your heart broken? Huh? I remember I remember the little girl that wouldn't go out with me. You know, you like me? Check yes or no, you know? Come back no. Huh? Broke my heart. That's just puppy love. Come on. But in times, as you get older, your heart breaks. Your heart breaks. 
God's desiring that sacrifice to Him is when you allow your heart to break because of your sin. Not their sins. Not their sins. The devil didn't make you do it. Come on! A broken and a contrite. Teresa and I, when we went to Israel, we made a side journey over into uh, Egypt. And uh, down near that Nile, we went to a perfume factory. And in this perfume factory, they were making perfume and they were making, their specialty was rose perfume. And the way that they made that rose perfume was by extracting that rose oil out of the leaves or the petals of the flowers. And the only way to do that was for them to be crushed. Put under pressure. Sometimes the only way for you to be broken is for you to be crushed and put under pressure. To be contrite, to be crushed, to be broken. Amen. That's what God wants from us. He wants a sincere heart. Not a flippant heart. Oh Lord, forgive me. You know, I know I know I've done wrong, but now I didn't do as bad as so and so. I don't even know if the Lord hears stuff like that. Don't compare yourself against me. Don't compare yourself against others. Compare yourself against the Word of God. How are we dealing with this? I've got to hurry. Teresa, come on. He says, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Brother Don Rich, many years ago, preached about, you probably heard it preached, a cry. Huh? He said, if you want to get God's attention, cry. Said the Lord, He won't hardly hear anything else, but He'll hear a cry. He said, every time that Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord heard them. Come on. That wasn't just a loud holler, it was with a broken heart. Have mercy, oh God. Hear my prayers. Forgive me, oh God. Anyone, and if you're in here and you can't do this, shame on you, and you know exactly how I feel about it. But anyone that cannot say, I'm sorry. That is one of the teeniest, most self-centered people in this world. And they cannot get right with God. Cannot get right with God. 
To be a great Christian, you got to be a great repenter. You got to be able to say, Forgive me. I'm sorry. Come on. I even do it sometimes when I, in my mind, I hadn't done nothing wrong. Hello? You know why? Because of that other verse where it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness. Come on. You're not hearing too well from the Lord. The Lord not speaking to you too much. I'll probably tell you in the situation, you got a hard heart. And when you got a hard heart, the Lord's trying to talk to you, but you can't hear it. We need that heart to be crushed one more time. I don't know about you, but I cried when I got saved because of all my sins. I was crushed. Huh? We need to have a broken and a contrite heart. If you got a broken and contrite heart, the Lord will hear your prayers. He'll hear your prayers. But if you don't, I'm not so sure He'll hear you. Not so sure He'll hear you. Let's stand all across the house. How's your heart here tonight? Are you easily touched? Do you have a heart of flesh? Or do you have a heart that resembles a rock? Dear Lord, help me to have a tender heart. A heart that's easily to be touched. Easy to be led. Easy to hear from you. That's what God wants with you. He wants that kind of relationship. So here tonight, let's draw close to Him. Whatever, whatever's been blocking you, lay it down. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Come, let's pray. Come on.